Wow. Welcome to This Here Wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage, the Jen Schulte team leading you home. This Here Wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places, and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. I'm Dean Holland, the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week from the comfort of Studio 11. You know, I love being inspired. Inspiration, of course, is very subjective and comes in many forms. And often, when you're least expecting it, seems to me anyway. In my life as an entertainer, I've oft felt inspired by the music of certain composers and lyricists. Cole Porter, Lawrence Hart, Hoagy Carmichael, and Jerome Kern. Their music has inspired me to create stage productions and concerts, and in the last couple of years, a weekly broadcast. The artist in me often finds itself inspired by inanimate objects, everyday things like driftwood, birch bark, moss, and other natural things, sea glass, pottery, and cookbooks, and just about anything one might regard as being vintage. There are many places and vistas found right here in SGB that inspire me. Kickstart my soul, so many of the natural land and water features that grace this beautiful area that we're fortunate enough to be in. More times than not, however, it is people that inspire me the most. I suppose it's usually due to a particular individual's determination or resourcefulness or perhaps a creative way of accomplishing something. It can be due to an incredible talent that someone has or an incredibly challenging hurdle that they've overcome. Sometimes it's about bucking the odds. Other times it's about being so unbelievably selfless and tirelessly dedicated to something that one believes in with every ounce of their being. All these things I've just mentioned have at least this in common. They're exceptional in some way. I'm inspired by exceptional, and I suspect that you are as well. Each episode of This Here Wow is all about bringing exceptional to you. This week's guests are exactly that, for entirely different reasons, mind you, but exceptional just the same. Chatting with them for sure topped up my tank, made my week a better one, and I hope and trust that it'll do the same for you too. Can't wait for you to meet them, or perhaps get to know them just a bit better than you already do. So let's get things started right now. This here, this here, this here, wow! You've heard me talk about individuals or things that have been on my radar for some time now. My first guest this week is not one of those people. In fact, she's a completely new person in my life, and one that I look forward to getting more acquainted with when the time is right and safe to do so. Now, if I referred to the two conversations I've recently had with her as being brief, well, I'd be lying. Her family apparently says that she talks a lot, and my family says the same of me. So it simply is not possible for the two of us to engage in a conversation about things artistic and be brief about it. Marion Bartlett is an artist of many disciplines. On a personal level, she's resilient, enthusiastic, a ball of energy. It's hard to imagine her being otherwise after spending even a bit of time with her. Despite the many things that can weigh one down as life throws curveballs at you, she's persevered and has rather impressively, in my opinion, carved out an existence, raised a family, entirely relying on her art. In recent years, SGB has been lucky enough to count her among its residents, Singhampton to be precise. The reason I so quickly reached out to Marion was because of three acres of forest that surrounds her humble abode, and not just a forest, you understand. Well, 
I really should let Marion explain. And you have quite the forest I do. going. I How did that all start? Oh, hey, a playground. Um, of course, you and I already talked about the fact that we shared uh, a kind of a similar background with the one-of-a-kind show that you also participated in, and, and so did I for many years in Toronto in the GTA. But uh, there came a time when I thought, I really just need to get away from the GTA, the congestion, and so on. And I had a, a, quite a large home and studio, and when all the children disappeared, quite a group of them, we had this, this big house in the village of Churchville and a big studio, and it was a production studio. And I thought, I'm ready just to do stuff for me, you know, yeah. to play, to play a little bit, to experiment, to do some different things that I had not done before. Hey, I mean, one project that I had here, and this is not through the forest, but um, an accumulation of wine bottles. Not, not that, you know, we're imbibing all that much, but hey, I had a few bottles. So I thought, what can I make with these bottles? And I started creating paper mache figurines. So I had a, I have a whole group of people and critters and all different things that I wrapped with paper and made these uh, playful characters with. But the forest, you, you're asking about that. And it just started with sitting some pieces out on display installations and some of them are wood carvings that I've done. I have my own chainsaw and I'm not a big <laughs> you, you, not you a have big your own person. chainsaw, do you? <laughs> I have a chainsaw, I have an angle grinder, I have some great tools and so created some pieces that I put back there and then um, about two years ago I guess I made a large large figure made out of a jewel stone which is a, a faux a faux uh, stone piece. And she stands about, her name is Joy, and she's a very large naked lady that just kind of prancing through the bush. And she's about seven feet tall. So she's attracted a bit of attention. Mm -hmm. so we had a, a number of visitors that came out. Uh, there's a large bird, kind of a wacky looking bird out there. There are dancing trees. We've it's at least a dozen installations uh, with more kind of being placed back there. But with three acres of uh, this beautiful maple bush, it's just an absolute pleasure for me to do this. I'm having such fun. And to share it with people, uh, we don't, obviously, I mean, it's just, a you know, people phone, they ask if they can come over, come, enjoy, you know, walk through our forest. And we have a, kind of a gallery and workshops here too, that people come and, and you know, obviously they wear a mask and they enter that a specific uh, uh, area and that's fine too and my husband Rick is uh, is a woodworker so he's doing furniture and wood turnings and things like that in his his little wood shop too so we've got a lot of stuff happening here a lot of different different uh, 
you know, kind of informal yeah. events that are that are going on. You certainly do. And I noticed from the pictures on your website that you seem to work in all sorts of mediums. Too. That's right. Uh, I have done, uh, through commissions, of course, I've done a number of bronze pieces. And I work with Artcast, which is a foundry in Georgetown. They're absolutely wonderful professionals they have created and been responsible to fabricate a lot of important monuments throughout Canada and um, and also small awards for different presentations and so on so any of the large pieces that I've done in bronze have gone through the foundry so I do the wax pieces and they are done through the lost wax uh, process. But I also, right here in, in the forest, in my little, I have a shed out the back that I work in too. Uh, I do wire pieces and some of them quite large. I have just installed a high heel shoe uh, that is about seven feet tall in the forest, uh, made out of wire. And uh, as I said, I work in concrete different materials, anything that strikes my fancy, you know? And, and some reclaimed items too, because it seems to me that I saw some very uh, oversized flowers that might have lived life they, on an automobile. They did, they did. That, thanks for noticing those. Um, people lose hubcaps all the time. And um, if I can pick them off the road and paint them and then put them up on big, big wire pieces and it is kind of a whole collection it looks like a a bit of a flower garden out there and uh, they they're whimsical you know there's a bicycle that's kind of parked out in the forest too that people like to uh, to look at and uh, so we've we just make it interesting for ourselves i say we it's mostly me you know but uh, I, Rick is a good sport, let's say, you know, you <laughs> probably you, you, you have uh, said that your wife is also very, very supportive of everything that you do yeah. and the kids too. And uh, you need that kind of support and uh, uh, gentle encouragement around you, I sh I'm sure. Yeah, we need, uh, we need good sports when you're yes. uh, somebody who <laughs> has an artistic lean. And especially if you like to, to collect things that you see potential and beauty in uh, that most people would throw away. You, you, you need a good sure sport in your do. life. <laughs> you sure do. And, and, you know, aren't we lucky to have the kind of partners that are that kind of uh, a playful and, um, and, and yet a strong, you know, a strong shoulder uh, once in a while for disappointments and, and encouragement too. Mm -hmm. um, to have those people around us is important. I wanted to tell you that I love whimsy as well. I'm a big fan of whimsy that you mentioned. Yes. And and you have a one of the other pieces that jumped out at me is a very oversized Yes. Paintbrush. The paintbrush is leaning. It was a tree that fell down. And I said, hey, you know, this is tapered nicely. It's a straight tree. Um, let's trim the branches off. It's fallen down anyway. You know, we're not cutting it down because we wouldn't want to do that. We're, we are tree huggers out here. But I painted it bright yellow and then I made the brush portion out of uh, wire that had been thrown away. And so that's the bristle of the brush at the bottom. And it's, it's got a bit of a, a tarp at the bottom, too, that has spelled out the word love, because, boy, do we need that around us, don't we? We need we to have lots of 
lots of, uh, uh, you know, I guess verbal hugs is all we're looking at now nowadays, but uh, unfortunately. But that big yellow brush is leaning against my shed. Is it how, how big? It's about 20 feet. About 20 feet. That is 20 a big, feet. That's a big brush. That, that's a big brush. That's a big brush. <laughs> that spells out that spells out a lot of love. It yes, I hope so. I really do. I really do. Well, we the, I, I got to tell you that the the idea of walking through a wooded area and seeing these installations uh, of all different shapes and sizes and themes popping up here and there seems, especially during these times, especially um, well, so thank invigorating. You. I, I like to think it has a blend of being a little bit magical and playful and also very calming. Uh, initially, I used to take people around and give them a tour and explain the various pieces. And now I find it's often better to allow people to walk through because the pathways are pretty clearly delineated and they can walk through and spend the time and look at these pieces and maybe even sit. We have benches here and there that Rick made with scrap pieces of wood and we've painted brightly colored uh, boards and so on. So it's the place that you can spend, if you want to spend two hours or 20 minutes, it's fine. You know, there's no obligation to go and sit through if you if you don't want to. And not everybody is interested in art. And some people are more interested or more excited about the hubcaps than they are a, a piece of artwork that's been clearly carved out of uh, out of wood. So everyone, we hope that everyone finds something that interests them out there. And since you started doing this would you care to hazard a guess uh, as to how many people have wandered through your forest oh wow you know even last summer where we were in the height of our pandemic we had hundreds and hundreds of people they were very respectful uh, generally would they would phone first and they would wear masks and i have a sign uh, you're walking, meandering through a pathway, and uh, and it's an easy it's an easy one. We didn't keep a record of how many people came through, but um, some people came with large family groups. We had people from as far away as Scotland and uh, Britain and Russia, um, and some of these people had looked us up on TripAdvisor and uh, through art clubs and so forth. The gardening clubs came through as well. Probus clubs came through and photography people came through as well. There were bikes, there were cyclists. So bicycles were parked on the driveway and in they came, you know, it was great. Wow, and I've, I can only imagine that at this point, word of mouth is is also playing. I should, I hope so. I really do. Um, someone said once, "Well, are you going to charge um, money to come in and see it?" And I said, "Absolutely not." The pleasure that I have is sharing the fun of watching the expressions on people's faces and having them enjoy the experience of engaging with art of 
playing with it uh, of, of, you know, the delight in people's expressions when they walk through and, and they thank me for, for uh, opening up our place and, and allowing them to walk through tons of birds too everywhere, you know, yeah. bird, bird uh, houses and, and feeding stations and all of that. Well, it really is. It's a big deal. What, that what you've done, I mean, opening up, opening up your space, uh, this rather large outdoor gallery, um, it would have been impressive without a pandemic. But I think especially now, it's when we're so limited as to things we can do. Um, it sounds to me, especially if you're traveling with your, uh, you know, your immediate family, it sounds like a, a really uh, wonderful, invigorating and very safe thing that you could be doing. Well, it is. We, we are, we're very conscious of that. We certainly don't want to be the cause of any sort of outbreak. And of course, being out in a three acre forest and people spacing themselves very respectfully. We, had, we didn't have to say anything in order to encourage people to be safe. You know, a little family group or a couple would walk through, meander through, and they would wave goodbye, you know, as they were as they were leaving and park their cars sort of down on the road. And um, we're in the a neighborhood of Brewster's Lake, which is uh, uh, very well spaced. And that makes it that makes it even easier and more pleasant, too. And in the summertime, you can't see from one installation to another because the, the, the underbrush is so thick and uh, we've planted some flowers here and there, but pretty much it's sink or swim to the flowers. <laughs> mm -hmm. This sounds like a project that has no end. No, it has no end. Doesn't that whole thing sound like a big bit of wonderful? Yeah. Personally, I'm looking forward to the time when I can get down there with my wife. And as Marion puts it, meander leisurely through her art-infested forest. <laughs> Sounds delightful. If you'd like more information or to get a peek at a slew of pictures Marion's posted, just go to her website. I'll make sure to post that on the This Here Wow Facebook page. You know, maybe you're looking for the type of property that Marion picked up a few years back, or perhaps you're the type that's in a space that's a bit larger than you now need, and it's time to downsize just a bit. Whatever the case, it seems to me that the person for you to reach out to might be Jen Schulte, real estate agent with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. For 22 years now, Jen's been busy creating the rather impressive, top-producing Jen Schulte team right here in SGB. She's another one with a seemingly endless supply of energy, enthusiasm, and experience, and her team certainly is a reflection of all that as well. Jen plays a really big part in bringing this here wow to your ears each week, something she does because of her love for the South Georgian Bay community, as well as its various wows, of which there are a great many. Both Jen and I know that South Georgian Bay is so very exceptional in so many ways. SGB, the place to be. So, if you're looking to build your wealth through real estate investing, looking to buy or sell anywhere in SGB, Jen and her team will help you sell smart, and buy smarter. Guaranteed. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or go to jenschulteteam.com. So when I finished chatting with Marion Bartlett, one thought that stayed with me was this idea of casually meandering. In stark contrast, when I think of my next guest, 
what comes to mind is walking with unwavering determination. To say that Raymond Hardesty has had a tough go would be an understatement. From day one of Raymond's life, it's been a battle. In regards to physical health, I'm speaking. But here's the thing that is so incredible to me. A smile and a sense of resilience and a glass-half-full attitude is exactly what you're bound to get when you see or meet Raymond. All the time. Raymond, a resident of Stainer, has been on my short list to speak to for a while now, but a recent unscheduled stay in hospital due to a rapidly beating heart put a bit of a pause on that. Back home with his family after the better part of a week away now seemed as good a time as any to reach out and have that nice casual chat. When I think of Raymond Hardesty, I think of uh, determination and resilience. And and so I was going to reach out to you anyway. And then, lo and behold, then I start to see these postings that you're in the hospital. And I thought, holy cow, you know, but again, you always seem determined, you know, you seem determined to just keep moving forward. Yes. And and then I also saw that you've been not working at Dairy Queen for a while now. Yeah, for over a year now. And tell me about that. Why is that uh, specifically? Well, because of all the treatments that I went through over the years, I have a very, you know, a very bad immune system. So if I were to catch this uh, coronavirus, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. It would be particularly hard on you, I would imagine. Yes, it would. It would probably take me much longer to try and get over it than a normal person would without the complications that I've, that I've gone and that I still have to this day. Can you talk to me about that? Because, you know, if for somebody who doesn't know you or maybe who, who has maybe just seen you in the Dairy Queen, um, you know, there's many of us that maybe know you to see you, but don't necessarily know what it is that you went through. Okay. Well, it all started when I was born. I was born with a very rare blood disorder called Cosman's neutropenia. And what that did was it affected my immune system's ability to produce white blood cells to fight bacterial diseases. Okay. And uh, that, that went on from when I was five months old, when I was officially diagnosed, and lasted until I was three years old. And uh, my, mom found, my mom found this drug that was being talked about in the newspaper called GCSF, which is Granoculi Colony Stimulating Factor, but the name over the years has been improved. And uh, the doctors, the doctors at SickKids were a little skeptical of me trying this drug because it was still within the test trials, and yes. it hasn't, and it hadn't reached the human testing stages yet. But my my mom is thinking, well, let's try something because you know, like he he's not getting any better, and we've tried everything else, so let's let's try let's try and do something. So obviously, there's you can't obviously remember too much from when you were two and three years of age. But obviously, from what you know, you must have been quite sick. Yes, I was. I was. I was so sick. My parents said that it got to the point where I had an IV in both of my hands and both of my feet. And then they also said at one point I, un- I was undergoing symptoms of sepsis. So, so I'm guessing that then a lot of that time, if not all of that time, you were you were typically in the hospital. Yes. So they finally brought the drug up and they gave me a shot and the doctors came back an hour later to take a blood sample. And they said they couldn't see any improvement yet. But my parents took one look at me and said, it's working. The drug is working. He's coming back. And the doctors are looking at me and thinking, this is amazing. Okay, well, wait another hour and take another blood sample. 
So an hour later, they took another blood sample and looked and then told my parents, you're right, it's working. And, and you're telling me you were three when this happened? Yeah, the, it went on until I was three. Three was when I finally got, when I got cured. And then a year later, they said, we got some good news and we got some bad news. The good news is the Cosman's leutropenia is gone. The bad news is, is that it has evolved. And now your son has leukemia. I see. Yep. So at age of four, I got diagnosed with, with AML, acute myeloid leukemia. And because I was born with a very ineffective bone marrow, I had to, I had to undergo a bone marrow transplant. I see. Do you remember much about that? Yes, I do. Even when I look at the pictures, I still remember, you know, and I had to go through chemotherapy, radiation. I had a splenectomy. I had a few side effect symptoms of chicken pox, shingles, and a couple of seizures. Raymond, I don't know what a splenectomy is. It's the uh, removal of the spleen. Okay. Like a lot of this is happening by the time you are, you're five. Yeah, this all happened before I was five years old. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And so did you start going to school at a regular age or has that all been different for you as well? Uh, I think by the time my, uh, my battle was over and I had turned five, I, I went to senior kindergarten. From what I understand about knowing you, because I think, I think I've known you now since, well, I came to town in 2003. I think I met you during my years when I was hosting daytime on Rogers television. Yeah, that's right. It was it was part of my co-op in high school. That's right. I think because it's funny when you know somebody for a long time, you know, now we've been here in this area for almost 18 years. And I look back sometimes and I can't remember how I met certain people on it because I feel like I've known you for a long, long time. Um, yes. So it seems to me that the chemo and or the radiation uh, certainly took a toll on your on your body. Yeah, mo mostly by giving me like a, a bit of a learning disability, like a, but uh, it was due to the fact that my uh, my bone marrow donor, although she was a you know a one hundred percent perfect match, she was one you know she was unrelated to me in every way. Yes, and it was and it was the unrelated factor that caused me to undergo what's called graft versus host disease, G R A F T. Okay. Versus host disease, and what that did was, it attached it attached itself to the uh, ligaments and tendons of my soft skin tissue, and pulled it tight onto my bones. So that's why that's why you see me with such tiny arms and bent fingers and bent arms. And so, and yeah. how old were you when that started? How when did that reaction happen? Uh, the following the following year. So just you know, just around the time when I turned six. Yeah. So, and that has had to have made doing everyday things a lot harder, a lot trickier. Yeah. And then uh, over, the, over the years, you know, like I have come up with uh, improvising ways to get around those obstacles and challenges. Like some, some things I do with my tools and other things I just, you know, take matters into my own hands and just try and come up with new creative ways to get around them, especially when I work at Dairy Queen. Yeah, I well, come, I come, I come up with ways to get things that I can't reach, or if I have to get down low to pick them up. Like I just come up with new creative ways, and people are like, 
wow, you know, like the way he's, you know, he's able to to do, you know, to do that with everything that he's been through and the challenges that he has to deal with every day. Like I couldn't do that if I was in his case. Well, that's why I've reached out to you, Raymond, because I feel the same way between just seeing you about town, running into you at the GE, uh, you know, co-oping at the cable station, working at Dairy Queen for like years and years. Yeah. I get the same impression. I get the impression that there's just no stopping you, that you just keep going and you figure it out. Yes, I do. You you are very inspiring. Thank you. So let's talk about your work at Dairy Queen. You've been there a long time. Yeah, I started going there and uh, I started working there in 2008. But before that, my employers, Sherry and Joe Schaap, uh, asked me when they first originally opened if I would be their store's miracle child for Children's Miracle Network Day. That was before you were working there? Yes. Okay, so that's what started the association, is that right? Yeah, that was in uh, 1998 when they first opened. And then 10 years later, I officially signed on as an employee and started working for them. Well, that's a great transition, isn't it? From being the miracle child to being one of their longtime employees. Yes, and I'm still both. And it seems to me that you spearhead a lot of the, the fundraising. Yeah, it's for Sick Kids through the Children's Miracle Network of Canada. Tell me about that. Well, when I... I'm I'm driven I'm driven to it because because of my association with Sick Kids and over the years of them helping me and getting me through my sicknesses and challenges over the years, you know. So it's it's a it's a way of showing gratitude and giving back. And plus, I I really love children. Well, and then you're working in the right place then because you've got to have a lot of those types of clientele coming into Dairy Queen. Yes, because I always I always get them smiling somehow. Well, mm-hmm. it's your spirit, right? I mean, you've got this yep. great glass half full kind of approach to everything, and you're yep. clearly enjoying yourself there. Every time I've seen you there, you've always got yep. a smile on your face. Yes, I do. So moving forward, yeah. What are once this pandemic is? Well, let's talk about that for a second. Obviously, you've had to be at home a lot more. You can't work at Dairy Queen as we were setting up this call. I saw that even your sister is wearing a mask inside the house with you. Yes, she is. Most of us in our own homes are not wearing masks. Yeah, my family has to be extra careful because of my recent stay at the hospital. You know, just just to to, keep each other safe because we're not sure how many people I've come into contact with that may be carrying COVID symptoms. So we just want to play it safe, but... You know, as soon as soon as we're in the clear, we can take our masks off and you know and resume our family functions and gatherings and playing time yeah. as usual. And and then a week from today is the anniversary of my bone marrow transplant. So how many years? It'll be twenty-seven years this year. Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years cancer-free. That's that's great. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. Last year. My uh, my sister put on a surprise drive-by parade, and people came, you know, driving by, holding up posters and banners. It almost sounds to me like it's a bigger celebration in some ways than your birthday. Yes, in in fact, uh, after my uh, after my cancer treatments, I finally got to come home like uh, June sixth, I think it was, and then eleven days later, after that, it was. It was my birthday and I turned five and I'm thinking, wow, what a what a perfect way 
to symbolize and celebrate the fact that you've been given a second chance at living your life and getting home in time to celebrate your next milestone birthday. That's actually kind of neat that they're so close together, isn't it? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, my friend, you what you experienced in the first five years of your life, I don't think most of us could imagine. And it makes me even more uh, in awe of wow. your resilience and your uh, your drive and your determination to keep moving forward. Thank you. And also that determination for you to help others and to give back. You know, like I, I really like children and the fact that some children are born just like me, where they're born and then bam, they're, they're told that they're sick. Like, that's not right. Like, every, every kid's goal and wish is to do the same thing that I wished at the time, which is, I don't want to stay here. I want to go home. Do you have any idea how much money you've raised over the years, Raymond? Uh, my total so far is over $77,000. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. Thank you. I'm over $22,000 away from reaching the $100,000 mark. Is that a goal of yours? Yeah, I hope to get there or somewhere close to that this year. We'll see what happens. I think you can do it. Yep. As I say, I just I can't get over the uh, what you have gone through many, many surgeries and or procedures in your lifetime. Yes, I had. I've even I even did, a, you know, cataracts. I had ear surgery. I even had a, a heart ablation to stop my rapid heartbeats. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. here and there, you know, slips and falls and getting some, you know, you know, stitched up. Yeah, like six or seven stitches right below. Let oh my God. Yeah. But they gave me that freezing stuff before yeah. they proceeded. But still, that's and very any, scary. But anytime I felt a pinch, I squeezed my hand and told myself, to myself, the pain will pass. The pain will pass. Quite a gentleman, full of strength and drive that is almost mind-boggling. Other wows worth mentioning are his parents and his sister. I'm certain that Raymond would agree with that conviction. If you would like to send Raymond a message... Or, if you're able to donate to his fundraising for Sick Kids and the Children's Miracle Network, I'll post all the info you need to get in touch with him on the This Here Wow Facebook page. Both Raymond and Marion, incidentally, fine examples of folks in our community who are eager to give something back. Wow. And that brings me to the point in the program where I express my endless gratitude to each of my wonderful guests. Thank you for taking the time to be part of this week's episode of This Here Wow. I really loved the time we shared chatting. Love even more the incredible contribution that's been made to the SGB landscape and culture because of the both of you. We are all very lucky to be able to be here in this rather exceptional landscape called South Georgian Bay. Of course, I'll have an entirely different bunch of wows to bring your way next week. There's no shortage of them here in SGB. That is for sure. Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email. Dean at thisherewow.com will get that job done very nicely, I can assure you. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's dean, H-O-L-L-I-N.com, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to the Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Go to jenschulteteam.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Ben McCulley, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy, Mitchell. Special thanks to Ash, love to G, and a really big thanks to you too. 
I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of This Here Wow. Until then, I'm Dean Holland. Wow.